<laughs> welcome back, Tokas. Welcome back, welcome back. And welcome to our third session of Killer October. Oh, wait. Let me repeat that. Welcome back to our third session of Killer, Killer October. October. <laughs> I couldn't let y'all not get the echo effect. It's way better. I <laughs> uh, hope you all had a great weekend. Hope you got to enjoy the other two Killer October episodes uh, from last week. If not, pause this, go listen to them now, and then you can come back and listen to this. All right. <laughs> Uh, today we head back to good old Mother Russia, uh, where we're going to talk about the old hidden killer cop, Mikhail Popkov, a.k.a. the werewolf of, and I'm going to fucking probably slay this name, Angus, Angarks, Angarsk, I'm guessing it's Angarsk, uh, they didn't have a pronunciation for some weird reason, I don't know why, uh, but it's spelled A-N-G-A-R-S-K. I'm guessing Angarsk. That's my guess. Uh, if I'm wrong, if you're Russian, please feel free to correct me because uh, Russian names are fucking hard, man. I can't get those shits down that well. So forgive me if I slay a few names in this here uh, session. Uh, yes, you did hear that right. He was a fucking cop uh, while he was killing women for almost two decades. So, yeah, uh, that's what makes this story a little, well, a lot more crazy is the fact that this guy was a cop. Uh, but to add to the monster's terror, he was considered by those close to him as a fucking great family man and a father, as well as a good community cop. And he was thought by his wife and kids as a great man as well. Uh, so you can kind of see how it was he was able to go on for, you know, almost two decades undetected. But there's, you know, there's more behind that as well. That's just one of the reasons. But uh, you'll see. Uh, unfortunately, unlike our last subject, uh, the old Kansas City butcher, Robert Badella, we don't have much on this monster's upbringing uh, and past, which is kind of the, you know, the usual thing when you're dealing with Russian serial killers as Russians don't let a lot uh, a lot of info and shit like that leave their country and they're not really big on studying serial killers either and what makes them tick which I think is a huge fucking mistake you gotta understand who you're hunting uh, and also why I think Russia isn't good with catching serial killers and you will see that a little in this case, but you'll also see it mostly in the next one when I go over Andre Chikatilo. Uh, that case will blow you away on how incompetent the cops really were in that case because that's just, it's mind-blowing how bad they were. It's really fucking bad. Uh, they dropped the ball big time. They dropped the ball, plain and simple. Uh, and let me just go ahead and say this. I'm not calling Russian police and detectives stupid in any way. Uh, I, I don't think they're incompetent. But they did fuck up a lot. And 
they they just don't know the techniques and they don't have the investigative skills to properly hunt these you know these fucking monsters so you can you can kind of understand why they fuck up so much because you know they just don't really study them like we do in the states like they don't have books and books and books and special courses and you know FBI units specifically for serial killers you know they don't have stuff like that in Russia they just kind of use you know investigative techniques that they've heard in the past of course some of them have come over to the FBI Quantico base and study with them but at the end of the day in Russia it's treated a lot differently it's not a you know specific study that they do like you know our FBI uh, criminal profiles do they do have profiles over there they just don't work the same way as ours and they don't have the education that ours you know ours England Germany there's a lot of places that have great criminal profiling programs or you know units and they are you know trained specifically to go after these guys Russia kind of lacks that uh now let's dive into a little bit we know about his past, uh, go over some of his crimes, even though uh, a lot of it isn't specifically known. You know, there's a few victims we know specifics about, but uh, the uh, specificity of a lot of his crimes is lost with, uh, you know, just we got to go off of his words. Uh, So... Yeah, we're going to be a little limited on how we talk about his victims and stuff like that. Uh, and we're going to we're also going to learn how he earned his nickname as well. And then we'll go over his arrest, his trial and his convictions. And we'll also go over the public's reaction on finding out that, you know, a fucking cop was the one doing all this savage shit for almost 20 years. Because, yeah. They have a right to be kind of pissed off about that. Uh, I don't blame them for being a little pissed off at, you know, the cops dropping the fucking ball on catching a savage. <laughs> you know, the guy operated for almost 20 years. How y'all fuck that up so much? God damn. Russia tighten the fuck up right now. <laughs> um, So I got my fat joint rolled and I'm ready so let's talk and talk about the old werewolf of Ansgark, Mikhail Pakov. Uh, Mikhail was uh, born in Ansgark, or Angark, excuse me, on March 7th, 1964. A old 60s baby. Uh, and I don't know if you guys know this, Russia was different back in those days. So keep that in mind. Uh, as I said, little is known about his upbringing and his personal life beyond that he was he was married to a, a, a Elena or Alina Popkov. I don't. I really gotta find out why they. So like these Russian names, like you'll see the guy will have like Popkov, but then his wife. I I said Popkov, but. They put like an A at the end of some of the last names. I guess they do that for the females, but I don't know. It's 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 confusing sometimes. <laughs> but 
yeah, his his wife Alina Popkova is how it's written, but it says her name is Popkov. I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, and he also had a daughter by the name of <laughs> whoa, Ekaterina, e- Ekaterina, Ekaterina. I think it's Ekaterina. Fucking weird name. <laughs> uh, he claimed that his mother was a, an abusive alcoholic who constantly mentally and physically abused him for partly uh, for part of his life. And he also blames her for the crimes that he committed. Partly blames her. Not all the way. But that wasn't confirmed. He could be lying just to kind of justify his crimes, but who knows? He might be telling the truth. When you see a psychopathy, you might believe him a little more. But either way, man, you can't blame a fucking hard life for going out and becoming a serial killer. I'm sorry. Plenty of people got hard lives and overcome. So uh, you're just a piece of shit, Mikael. Sorry. Sorry your mom sucks, but you suck more. Uh, He worked as a police officer in uh, the... In that Irkutsk region, and by the time of his capture, he'd spent time as a security guard as well uh, at the Angarsk <laughs> Oil and Chemical Company, as well as uh, at a private firm. So he was a cop and security guard for pretty much his whole life, his whole adult life. So he knew what the fuck he was doing. Uh. So, as I said, it's believed that his crimes were inspired partly by his abusive alcoholic mother. But he also blames suspicion of adultery by his wife. While never fucking proven, it was a firm, you know, firm thought in his head. So he fucking ran with that shit. Those two things built an extreme animosity towards women. Hence, all but one of the 78 confirmed victims being all women he only killed one man it was actually another cop uh the circumstances be around that cop no one really knows but people think that that cop kind of knew what he was doing as with a lot of serial killers old popkov targeted prop uh, prostitutes because of their willingness like i said last week their willingness to go with the john because that's a part of their job just makes them one of the easiest targets for these serial killers. They don't have to really put any work or kidnap or, you know, do anything crazy to get the victim into their car. So they use that as a huge advantage and it just just makes it so much easier for them. And it avoids suspicion. If a guy's just picking up a prostitute, no one's going to be like, oh, that guy's a fucking criminal. murder. No, he's just fucking looking for a hooker. That's what people think. They'll always assume that. Which is fucked up. Uh, And also why, you know, things like pimps and madams exist. This is the reason. It's it's partly control, but it's also a safety thing for these prostitutes. While most pimps are pieces of shit, they do provide protection for these ladies, so it, you know, kind of helps them out a little bit. But most of the time it doesn't. But don't worry. 
we gonna go over pimping after October's over when I talk about Iceberg Slim. Whew, great story. Uh, he also uses police uniform to gain his victim's trust because if a cop offers you a ride when it's cold out or you have a long way to go, usually you will let your guard down and just be like, oh yeah, sure officer, I'll take a ride from you. Now, this has changed over the years, and even some police departments in the state don't allow cops to do this because of past killers using uniforms to trick or manipulate victims. So this is something that you really, uh, it's really looked down upon. They don't want cops doing this. Uh, they don't want cops, you know, giving uh, young females rides home or just people home just because of you know, you're setting yourself up. If you did something or not, you're setting yourself up for some bad shit. So I get why a lot of places in the States have eliminated it. It's not a good idea. They're, they're, they're working, you know, let them do their job. Uh, as I said, uh, almost all his victims were women between the age of 16 and 40 and were either prostitutes or just really, really drunk women that were just super vulnerable. He liked easy targets. Uh, he targeted these women because, like I said, you know, his mom and his wife, but he also considered them uh, like his wife and mother and considered them immoral, and he justified his crimes by, as he put it, cleaning up the streets. Yeah, he actually thought that he was doing the city and the country a favor by killing these prostitutes and taking these immoral people off the streets. Gotta tell you, there's other ways to do it. I don't feel like killing is the way. Um, I don't know, counseling, uh, you know, just talking to them. Just something. You know, you could have changed their ways. Try it, man. You know, it, it, it's a little, you know, you could have tried that before trying to murder. <laughs> like, fuck, man. You didn't even try that shit. <laughs> uh, his methods, his methods were simple. Uh, there, there was simply just the easiest things he could think of. Uh, for nearly 20 years, he would just put on his police uniform, lure women into his cars, give them a ride home, or to a secluded area in the woods, and then he would rape and kill them. So, I mean, that was pretty much his modus operandi for most of his crimes. Simple. Uh, while unconfirmed, there were also reports that the killer would purposely leave a gruesome crime scene because he was eating parts of his victims after he finished slaying them. So, yeah, none of this was confirmed by, by the cops. Uh, and it wasn't confirmed by Popkov either. But... It wouldn't be surprising if a psychopath like him was eating his victims. That's not like, that's not the beyond the realm of possibility in any way. <laughs> this guy's a fucking sick fucker. Like when I when I when when I go over some more details, you'll be like, yeah, that nigga was killing people. <coughs> I mean, eating people. <coughs> and it's also how he earned his nickname, the werewolf. Uh, so. Media caught wind of his murders about 1994. The media and a cop are the ones that originally gave him that nickname, the werewolf, 
after seeing the gruesome fucking nature that he would leave his victims in and fucking tear them apart. So, you know, that name kind of was easy to stick. Uh, after raping the women, he would beat them to death with a baseball bat, a uh, hammer, or he would stab them multiple times with screwdrivers, axes, knives, just whatever's kind of available. He was one of those type of killers. Uh, of course, he planned these out, but the killing part <coughs> was just, you know, whatever's n- nearby, I'll use that. Uh, now, I want to go over his, you know, little known history of his crimes, but the little bit that is known is fucking brutal. Because you don't earn a name like Werewolf without doing some brutal shit. Um, so, as you remember, he blamed his mother, so a lot of his victims resembled her. His victim profiled was, like his mother, a fill, oh, a full-figured woman, not tall, usually younger between 19 and 28, and that are usually, as he puts it, immoral in his eyes. Uh, his first victim was actually completely spontaneous. Nothing planned. He he wasn't thinking about, you know, I'm going to go out and kill somebody. It was a spur-of-the-moment thing. And as he puts it, quote, I just felt I wanted to kill a woman I was giving a lift in, uh, a lift to in my car. Literally just the, the feeling just came over him as he was giving her a lift. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever had that feeling. I've had some road rage. I've had some serious fucking road rage where I wanted to beat the shit out of something. But at no point have I ever been so mad that I just, you know, felt like I wanted to kill somebody. And this dude wasn't even road raging. He just had a girl in a car. So, shit. That's a whole nother level of psychopathy. Uh, He said he gave her a drink even though she was already a little drunk, a little tipsy. And when she was completely intoxicated, Mikhail pounced. Uh, He then punched her a few times, rendering her uh, rendering her unconscious, then proceeded to rape her multiple times. After raping her, he grabbed a screwdriver that was in his car and then stabbed her multiple times. I think that's kind of where he got the whole just killing with whatever is nearby because this was a this wasn't planned. He saw a screwdriver, boom, did it. So I think this is kind of where he developed the I don't need to plan what I'm going to kill her with. I just, you know, need to kill her. Sick motherfucker. Very sick. Uh, after doing this, he then cleaned up, went home, and as he put it, quote, enjoyed a nice quiet dinner with my wife and daughter. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Killed a girl, stabbed her, raped her, and then went and had a nice, nice, lovely dinner with his wife and daughter. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Now, this shows how much of a psychopath he was. His lack of any kind of remorse, disgust, or or anything, just any kind of feeling after committing such a brutal crime shows his extreme psychopathy. It shows that his brain doesn't work anywhere near one of like one of ours 
I get sad if I run over a fucking squirrel on the road. I'm fucking miserable, like, for hours, like, damn, that little motherfucker just should have looked both ways, little dude. <laughs> damn. But this dude, he just goes and enjoys dinner after raping and murdering, so. Brain's wired a little different. Uh, so his next 30 or so victims were much, much more brutal. And this is where he would eventually earn his nickname. Uh, many think after his first murder, that's when he began to really dig into his psychopathy and his brutality. Uh, because there was really no signs of anything before that. Like, no one said that, oh, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, snap on people real quick or he get pissed off real easy. No one said anything like that about him. No, no one really said anything bad about this fucking guy. Like he, he was, uh, he was, he was well liked. Like people liked him. So, like, you see that, and you're like, damn, this dude really knew either how to really hide that psychopathy or that murder really set something off that just was like, all right. I'm going to fucking go from here and take this to the next level. Uh, he then began to rape and torture much more, adding a lot more beatings, inserting foreign objects into victims, uh, vagina mutilation, uh, psycholog uh, excuse me, psychological torture, and even leaving beaten and battered victims in sub-zero temperatures to die. That's fucked up, dude. Like, like that's such a slow fucking death to just freeze to, to freeze to death that is man that's fucking horrible dude fucking horrible uh <coughs> got me uh he also began to do extreme things after he killed some victims uh one victim was beheaded another was uh beheaded and had her heart gouged out uh, after raping her multiple times with foreign objects. Um, another victim, he had chopped off multiple limbs. Uh, police confirmed that the limbs were cut off before the victim was dead. So, fuck. Jesus Christ, God, that's so fucked up. So, you can see that his sick ways were getting much, much worse. Uh, He's just evolving, as most serial killers do. They evolve their crimes. They evolve their brutality. They evolve a lot of things about themselves. And usually not in a good way. Uh, many of his crimes didn't have a lot of spec uh, specificity. Except a few. <coughs> except a few when, uh, you know, Russian media pursued talking to the victim's families, uh, friends, and, you know, some cops actually did speak to media. Very rare in Russia. They just don't do that shit. It's uh, it's it's one of those countries that you can get fucking killed for that shit. So they just don't fucking do it. Uh, one of those victims, uh, was a young lady by the name of Tanya Martinova. Uh, the Siberian Times spoke to her sister. 
So they got a little more detail in the crime. Uh, Tanya. <coughs> Ooh. <coughs> got me. <coughs> that one got me. <coughs> We'll need some water after that one. <laughs> All right. Whew. Uh, Tanya, whose body was found with another young lady, Yulia Kuprakova, on the 29th of October in 1998 by the road in a suburb of the old Angarsk town. Uh, this next part is going to be a quote from her sister, but... Uh, I will let you know when I'm done with the quote because she has like two different parts of it. Um, Her sister said, quote, it happened 15 years ago, but the pain does not go away. It was me who presented Tanya a ticket to go to the concert and she was killed after attending it. Fuck. That, that's so much guilt you're going to put on yourself. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you you don't know if he might have still got to her somehow. But at the end of the day, you know that if she didn't go to that concert, the likelihood is so much lower. So, man, that shit had to fucking eat at her. Fuck. Oh, I feel bad for her, man. I feel so bad. Um, But her... uh. Her sister was uh, also married and with a small child, and her husband, Igor, was 24 when she got killed, was against her going to the concert. He did not want her to go to the concert. But she decided, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go with Yulia Kuprakova. Um, so uh, this next part is a, another quote from Tanya. Or not from Tanya, excuse me, from her sister, Victoria. Uh, On the morning of October 29th, Igor called me saying Tanya had not come home. I got truly scared. It was the first time she had ever done this. She never fucking does this. Excuse me. She never freaking does this. (laughs) There was no mobile phones at the time. We could only call Yulia's parents, thinking Tanya might have stayed overnight there for some reason. But Yulia's parents said she did not come home either. So they knew something was up right then. Once she got that message that, oh, wait, Yulia didn't show up? And my sister that never does this didn't show up? Something's up. So they went to the police, and they were told they still had to wait three days because, like, in the States, you have to wait a certain period before you report someone missing. Uh, that night that they reported it uh, or attempted to report it, a shepherd found two naked bodies near Migit, a village close to Angarsk. Uh, it was it was 1 a.m. when Tanya's husband, <laughs> Igor, and I... Oh, excuse me. Sorry. This is another quote from uh, Victoria. It was 1 a.m. when Tanya's husband, Igor, and I came to the police. We did not tell our mother yet. Igor was absolutely devastated, and I only repeated, she was killed, she was killed. I was too shocked to, but I simply could not believe it and replied, what are you talking about? Later, we're both told that their bodies were found next to each other, 
Both girls were raped, cut, and chopped up. Feel sorry for little Victoria. To 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 learn that you bought the tickets that possibly led her and her friends to a death. Man, that would really eat away at you. But Victoria, you are not responsible for this. The only person responsible is Mikhail. The sick fucker that did it. Victoria, you're in the clear. You're good. You were just being a great sister. You bought her some tickets to a great show. You're a great sister. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Uh, but, yeah, not your fault. This was also one of the victims. <sighs> Fuck. This is also one of the uh, rare times and one of the only victims that Mikhail raped after he killed her. Uh, saying he loved to be covered in blood after raping women. It excited me more and made my pleasure greater. Fuck. Just execute that guy. Fuck it, man. Like, fucking do him like you did Chikatilo. Fuck. People like him do not deserve to fucking keep on keeping on. Oh, my joint went out. Um, fuck. Um, among Popov's or Popkov's other victims was another girl by the name of Maria uh, Maria Mol- Molotkova. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I think it's Molotkova. That's what it looks like. Twenty years old, who worked at a water pumping station in Angar. Uh, she was found dead in a forest after she was missing for uh, she was missing on the seventeenth of August, nineteen ninety nine. After missing for five days, all her workers from her local supply company, uh, or excuse me, after missing for five days, all her workers of her local water supply company uh, later found out that she was murdered, but not by the cops, fucking Mikhail. They just found out she was murdered. And of course, all of them devastated, all of them super supportive of her. They were really tight family unit at this place and every single worker attended her funeral uh a few days earlier on the 12th of august a beheaded woman was found Ooh, fuck. with six knife wounds to her torso her remains were discovered in the rubbish of a container in angkor she was a medical student so they thought that maybe another medical student with surgical uh, expertise or medical expertise might have done it. Fucking mistake. Of course, you'll learn they make plenty of those. Uh, Her head was found in the rubbish container in a different district. (coughs) So he he kept her head for a little bit, and he allegedly did some things to that head. (coughs) But wasn't confirmed. Um... His uh, next two victims, Marina, I am going to slaughter this name, and probably the next one, <laughs> Marina Lizkina, Liz- 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 35, and Lilia Pashkovskaya, <laughs> Pashkov, no, Pashkovskaya, Pashkovskaya, that's how, yeah, that's how I got it, Pashkovskaya, uh, 37, 
were buried in closed coffins uh, on June 8th, 2000. The Russian tradition is to always do open graveside caskets so that the relatives can say their final farewells. But in these two cases, uh, they were just so disfigured that they there was no way they were doing an open casket. Way too devastating. Everybody involved. They fucked. And that was that was the case with most of his victims. Most of them didn't get an open casket. It was just too brutal. Uh, Marina and Lilia were friends and also worked at the same shop. On the 2nd of June, they went to go see Marina's sister. At midnight, they started to go home. At first, they wanted to order a taxi, but then they changed their minds. Huge mistake. Fuck. Oh. But it was a pleasant summer night, so that's why they decided to walk. And I get it, man. Those those nice nights. Yeah, I mean, I like to fucking walk or take those little scooters home. So... I get it, but damn. Fuck, they picked the wrong fucking area to be walking in, you sick bastards up there. Uh, on June 5th, their bodies were found in a forest near Vereskova village. Marina had, uh, she had a 14-year-old daughter, and Lilia had two children, a 12-year-old and a 3-year-old, who just were really confused when they were told about, you know, your moms aren't going to come home. They just didn't understand. And the kids were then fostered with their grandparents and unfortunately did not have the best of lives. Uh, yeah, so, Mikkel, you, you ruined a lot of lives while taking lives, you piece of shit. I'm going to put this joint down because I'm high as a kite. Um, <laughs> uh, like I said, not... Uh, not a lot more was really talked about as far as specificity uh, and as far as, you know, his crimes besides what I just talked about. Um, because the Russians don't want to give serial kill stardom, but they also don't share uh, info outside of Russia. That's, that's the major reason. <laughs> but there's also another reason. And let's talk about that. Because it's all part of why Mikhail killed for so long, and it's also why he kept, uh, or why I keep criticizing the lack of tact and skill when it comes to catching serial killers in Russia. Um, so Russian police knew that these crimes were, you know, the product of one man early into the 90s, like 93, 94. They pretty much knew that it was one person. But they still like would think it was like different professions. Uh, and they failed to make, you know, proper connections. Uh, they profiled him completely wrong. They assumed he was a loner. Uh, they, they assumed that he was uh, either a steel worker, carpenter, train worker, or electrical worker. All fucking wrong. Uh, and it wasn't till late into the investigation that they started to, you know, broaden their profile to include security and police officers and government officials because, you know, they just were coming up blank with everything else because you were so fucking bad at profiling. <laughs> uh, 
Um, now, one of the main reasons he was able to go so long uh, is because the police ignored, like literally ignored, a survivor's witness testimony and kind of just brushed off the whole killer was a cop thing that the survivor presented to them. Just it was like, eh, nah. Mm. Probably just, the, you know, you confused him. It was probably like, you know, a guy in a fake uniform. Motherfucker, doesn't matter. Investigate that shit. <laughs> like if somebody says, hey, it was a cop, just investigate it. Eliminate the op, the, the, the possibility. Don't ignore it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Come on, Russia. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> so if they would have listened to that woman and began to investigate cops at that time, it's possible his killing spree would have been stopped back in 1996. And just to put that in perspective, he wasn't arrested till 2012. So <clears throat> he went on to kill for another 16 years because of pure police incompetence. And, or they just, you know, or because they just didn't want to believe one of their own was, you know, a piece of shit serial killer that terrorized so many areas of Russia. That could have been it. Um, now let's get a little into the investigation arrest and the conviction of this mob. Uh, as I said, police knew it was the doing of one man early uh, into his crimes, but failed to make the proper connection. One of the reasons they didn't think Mikhail was the guy was because his wife, who was also a police officer. Yeah, she was a cop too. Uh, she also gave him an alibi on two separate occasions. So of course, her word was taken, and Mikhail was cleared of suspicion, any kind of suspicion. He never really was, they never really suspected him, like, wholeheartedly. But when they did, any kind of little bit of suspicion, his wife fucking gave him alibis. You cunt nugget. Uh, after years of lacking, ooh, excuse me, <gasps> ooh, double burp. After years of lacking evidence, police finally took notice to a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of evidence. <laughs> uh, they noticed that tracks uh, leading up to most of the crime scenes were from a Lada 4x4, which was a off-road vehicle used by most law enforcement in the area that, you know, he was a cop in. And they were found at literally almost every crime scene. But this wasn't enough. But it was enough for police to know that, okay, maybe a cop is involved in this. Maybe that girl wasn't lying. Holy shit. Fuck. You're a little late. Uh, a lot of late. Fucking a lot of victims because of that. Stupidity. Uh, so they decided to DNA test all 3,500 former and current police officers in the region where the crimes were committed. Of course, boom, there it is. This was the end of Mikhail as he knew it. And, you know, after giving his blood for DNA samples, he started planning his confession because he knew it was coming. Like, he left plenty of fucking evidence at crime scenes. Uh, he left semen all the fucking time. So they had plenty of DNA. Oh, and <clears throat> one of the reasons that he claims was the main reason for him 
stopping because he they did say that he or he said that he stopped in 2010 uh but the experts say that he kept killing but he said that he stopped in 2010 because he became impotent so he said that because of his impotency he didn't really feel the drive to go out and you know kill because he couldn't rape anyone and rape was rape was his like driving force apparently and because he couldn't do it he said he stopped killing because he stopped raping and it was usually the rape that would lead to the murder uh you impotent little fucking piece of shit (laughs) i'm glad you went impotent but you already did so much fucking damage asshole so fuck you um, he also did get syphilis twice. <laughs> Asshole. I wish they had AIDS. I I don't wish they had AIDS. I wish I wish you just got AIDS, motherfucker. Fuck. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Uh so after planning his confession, he knew he was fucked. So, you know, started, you know, remembering crimes. And in twenty twelve he was finally arrested, uh, soon after giving his DNA. And he didn't deny a thing. He owned it. Owned everything. Said, yep, I did this, I did this, I did this. He was confessing so much and talking to the, the, the prosecutors and talking to the court so much that his shit, did, he wasn't convicted until almost three years uh, after. In January 2015, he was sentenced to life in prison for the 22 murders and the two attempted murders. Uh, Two years later, he would then go on to confess to a 59 additional killings, a total victim count that surpasses those of the other notorious Russian serial killers, uh, Andre Chikatilo, who I will talk about uh, very soon, and Alexander Pushishkin. Hard Russian. Fuck. <laughs> and Pushishkin, uh, I'm not going to go over him in the series, the October series, but don't worry. I'm going to definitely go over him in the future because he's a fucking savage too. Um, on December 10th, 2018, after the trial in the regional court of Irkst, uh, fucking Irkutsk <laughs> in Siberia, he was convicted to uh, uh convicted of 56 further murders three of the you know 59 that he confessed to couldn't be proven so they didn't i don't even know why they just fucking he fucking killed 56 people yeah he probably killed those other three i don't think you need evidence <laughs> i fucking he did it <laughs> the evidence is the other fucking people he killed there you go there's your evidence uh, he was then given a second life sentence. And then, fast forward to just three months ago. Yeah, three months ago. Uh, Popkov then confessed to more killings. Uh, he then brought his total number of victims up to 83 with his new confession. That is a lot of fucking people. I mean, even if he's not guilty of the 83, even if he's guilty of half of it, God 
damn, what a fucking savage, man. And he's not, you know, apparently not shy to talk about what he did and his savagery. Uh, he did multiple interviews, and he he was not shy about talking about his crimes. Uh, but that was not before the Russian government stepped in and said, shut the fuck up, media, stop interviewing him. We're done with this piece of shit. So, you know, <clears throat> you, you probably won't hear too much more about this motherfucker unless he's writing letters to journalists. But you might hear some shit. Who knows? Uh, the the public definitely called out the government for letting this man uh, that was supposed to protect and serve get away with this fucking killing for damn near two decades. Uh, they were even more mad when it came out during the trial that police dropped the ball on taking survivor stories and using them to investigate. It was like, motherfuckers, you, you didn't do your job. <laughs> That's all you, you do your job and this shit probably would have been prevented. But you didn't do your job, motherfucker. Yeah, piece of shit. Uh, they also called out police for protecting their own, as many believe cops covered up Mikhail's crimes to save their own reputation and neck. Uh, I don't put it past them. I don't. I don't put it past them. Uh, this was denied by investigators and the government by many. Uh, point out the plethora. Uh, excuse me, but many point out the plethora of corruption in the areas Mikhail worked in. Uh, apparently, there was a lot of corruption in the police departments that he worked in and all around the area. So, it kind of gives more validity to what the people were thinking. I mean, if your cops are kind of pieces of shit. Yeah, people ain't going to trust what the fuck they say. I mean, look at America. Um, I completely understand all the anger. You can't have a cop killing, you know, people for damn near 20 years and, you know, you never even suspect them. Well, they suspected them once, but they didn't do diligent police work to, you know, clear that. They, they, they probably would have taken this DNA, just been like, hey, man, just give us a DNA swab. Let's just go ahead and clear you. Would have been cleared. But they took his fucking cunt wife's words, bitch. <laughs> uh, as I said in the beginning, I just can't trust Russian cops uh, when it comes to investigating serial killers. After reading up on so many they fucked up on. So many. So, I mean, I just don't trust him. Uh, so, I, I, I believe I'm like 60, nah, maybe 70, 30 on the side of the people when it comes to the beliefs of Russian police corruption. Uh, yeah, I mean, Russians do a lot of crazy shit. I mean, look what they're doing with our elections. <laughs> Fucking assholes. <laughs> uh, not all Russians, excuse me. I'm not insulting all Russians. Motherfuckers are doing a lot. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> oh, man. I'm fucking straight. Uh, well, Tokers, that is the story of Mikhail the Werewolf Popkov, Russia's most notorious killer cop. Uh, sorry this one was a shorter one, but, you know, information on this sicko's crimes is very limited or unconfirmed. But, you know, hopefully I 
provided y'all with enough information to know that this guy deserves to be burned alive after being raped by multiple elephants. Um, yeah. Hope this, uh, you know, shed light on this piece of shit's life and hopefully he has the worst time in the Russian prisons, which are usually not good prisons. So hopefully he's in the worst one getting just fucked up by guards and other inmates. Uh, and you know, who knows? As much as this guy likes to talk, we may get some more info on him in the near future. So stay tuned. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely keep you updated on any information that comes out on any of any anybody that I've talked about. You know, the uh, the Russian couple, the cannibal couple that I talked about in the first one. There's very recent, so more information is more than likely going to come out on them. So I will be updating you on that. Anytime any information comes out. Um, and, you know, he he may confess for more victims or even maybe an accomplice. Maybe. As few experts have said, his wife may have been a part of his crimes. Hence why she gave him the alibis. Yeah. she And she also, you know, she always said that he was the perfect husband and father. So maybe she knew more than she was saying. She just kind of brushed that shit off or she helped him. Who knows? We may never know. Or he may tell us. Come on, man. Tell us something. Tell us something. Yeah. Uh, make sure you tune in for next uh, the next Killer October session. Uh, we will be staying in Russia. And I will go over the ultimate police fuck up case. And the one that really made Russia look really bad when we talk about Andre Chikatilo, a.k.a. the Butcher of Rostov. And you can't. I repeat, you can't miss this one, guys, because it's not only one of the sickest ones, but it also is the biggest example of a police fuck-up that had the most devastating consequences imaginable. Man, y'all fucked up. So bad. They made up for it, though, because they shot that nigga up. <laughs> um, make sure you're staying up to date with all the sessions and share it with your friends, family, and even people you just met. Just fucking tap them on the shoulder. Hey, you heard about Token Talk? Yeah, peep that shit. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, Breaker. Hey, Anchor FM, all that shit. Uh, <laughs> also, make sure your your bitch asses are registered to fucking vote, all right? Because this is, in most states, I'm pretty sure, it's the last day to get registered. So if you haven't done it, get that shit done. You don't have much time. You better hurry up because this is one of the biggest elections in our fucking history because of the consequences if we fuck this one up again. Can't do it again, guys. We can't do it again. So tighten up. Oh, and another thing. Fuck you, Ice Cube. <laughs> you are a fucking joke of an activist. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of the shit that's coming out of your fucking mouth is just bullshit. You know, and also a lot's coming out about the lack of work you put into your own fucking community while you're toting this BS, no detail 
contract with Black America bullshit plan that you got that honestly has nothing but crap in it and would never, ever fucking get bipartisan support needed for the change. So please do the country and black people a favor and shut the fuck up, Ice Cube. Just stay out of politics, bro, until you educate yourself, homie. You fucking sound stupid. Every time you do a fucking interview, you're making people that smoke weed look bad. So fucking stop. Shut the fuck up, bro. Uh, sorry for getting political, but dude really pissed me off last week, guys. I apologize. <laughs> uh, Till next time, Tokers. I'll holler at y'all Friday. Hey guys, I'd like to uh, also give a nice little shout out. Make sure you guys go check out my good friends at Last Call Nation. Uh, Last Call Nation's a great merchandise brand and lifestyle brand that just promotes living the good life and also just living life to the fullest. Uh, Make sure you go visit them at lastcallnation.com. Also follow them on Instagram at Last Call Nation and check them out on Facebook as well. Make sure you like their page and make sure you purchase some of that merch. It's some pretty cool, cool stuff on there too. Uh, I uh, just ordered one of my shirts, so I should be getting that soon. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely be uh, plugging them every single time, guys, because like I said, amazing merch. Uh, also remember to make sure you share their page with your friends so that, you know, they can also live life to the fullest. And just remember, life is too short. So grab every good time you can because you never know when it's going to be your last call. <laughs>